When we hold on to grievance and pain from the past, we keep ourselves from being able to really move into our fullest expression of self. We need to practice forgiveness from the soul recovery perspective, dissipating the energy and releasing the past for good. If you're interested in this profound transformation, I invite you to join me in Colorado the weekend of June 8th and 9th to have an incredible experience with others on this same soul recovery journey. Two full days of immersion in the soul recovery process where you will indeed leave transformed. You will be able to truly let go of these old pains and step into a new way of being. Check out the show notes for a coupon code and how to register. Welcome to the Recover Your Soul podcast. This is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and I'm so grateful that you're here today. I wanted to share some of the Al-Anon book studies that were part of my bonus episodes for Apple subscribers and Patreon members with our general community. This is really important because so many of you come to this podcast because you are dealing with somebody in your life who has an addiction, that it has affected you in a negative way. What I did for these seven episodes is I read out of How Al-Anon Works for Families and Friends of Alcoholics on a variety of different topics. And so each week for the next seven weeks, I'm going to go ahead and post those for everyone. I hope that you enjoy them. And if you want more of what these types of episodes offered you, I encourage you to become a Patreon member or an Apple Podcast subscriber. Thank you for supporting the Recover Your Soul podcast. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Hello and welcome to the subscribers and members of Recover Your Soul. I am so grateful that you are choosing to support this podcast and to support this mission that I have. I feel so committed to this community a place where anyone wanting soul recovery as an addict or being affected by addiction can follow a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. And your being here and listening to this bonus episode means that you are doing the work, that you are committed to having a happy and healthy life and using these tools and principles in your life to have your own soul recovery. I've been thinking about what could we do to do a deeper dive into the bonus episodes? 
And the Al-Anon slogans were so popular and moving into detachment out of directly out of Al-Anon. And so many of the listeners that we have here in Soul Recovery come from this desire to change, to have healing, that they are affected in some way by addiction or dysfunction or narcissistic people in their lives or codependence. And so I know that some of you are recovering from your own addictions and some of you just want to deepen your lives through this work. Use these tools and principles that came to so many of us from darkness and some people just say, hey, what can I do to really improve and grow my life? So I'm decided that I really wanted to move into of a book study from How Al-Anon Works for Friends and Families of Alcoholics, which is a fantastic piece of Al-Anon literature. It's where I read out of the slogans that you listen to in season two. And so I just wanted to pick up on the chapter right after the slogans And we're just going to kind of move through a little bit of the book and do directly the readings. And then I'll reflect on my life and the soul recovery way of seeing things that I want to share with you. If you don't have this book, I recommend that you get it. You can get on Amazon. And I know many Al-Anon meetings that are still in person might also have this available for purchase. And I will put a link in the show notes for it. Okay, so we're in chapter 10 page 76, and this is Changed Attitudes. And we'll take a couple episodes to get through all of the different parts of this chapter, but Changed Attitudes. And I'll go ahead and read directly from the book. How often have we seen a particular event or even an entire week as either all good or all bad? If the alcoholic or addict used, or if a friend was depressed, our day was ruined. Likewise, if it rained on a day we had looked forward to a picnic, we were miserable. Now that we are in Al-Anon and have learning to focus on ourselves, we find that our world is neither black or all white. Now the difference between a good day and a bad day has little to do with what happens with other people. With other people, what they do or how they feel. That's huge, right? We can have a good day in a sunny or stormy weather. When everything goes according to plans, or if dinner is burnt, we ran out of milk and the cash machine ate our card. We can even have a good day while the alcoholic in our lives is still drinking, or the user is still using, or the narcissist is still narcissizing. Because today, we know that the kind of day we have depends on our own attitudes. You know my saying that I used to say to my kids, You get to choose your attitude, pick a good one. And I think it's so fascinating that that was something that I came up with so long ago. And yet I myself forgot to really remember that I had control of my own attitude. So much of my pain came from that discomfort that I had that It didn't feel like it was going well as much as I wanted it to. And not that there was terrible days every day. There were so many good days, but there was this underlying current of expectation of something else. This underlying current that came from being an addict and being in a household where 
where drinking really affected every day of our life. That if Rich had a good day, that if he was in a good mood, if he was on more of a manic side, then it was better than a day where it really felt out of control for him. And anger was the emotion that really came out into the world. And I know that for me, there was so much that I wanted it to be a certain way. And so I love that even the idea of a picnic, you know, we so spend so much time looking forward to something rather than just being present in what is. And then when that something doesn't turn out like we wanted it to, like as often as that happens all the time, right? We can have a preference of what we would like, but we get really caught up in it being exactly like what we want. And then when it doesn't turn out that way, our hearts are broken. Our expectations are broken. We get frustrated. So changing our attitude to be able to have a good day, even if the weather didn't turn out, even if the people around you aren't in a great mood, even if the person who's using that is in your life is using, can you turn that attention to yourself, change your attitude, and pick your happiness, your health, your mind, your soul, your soul recovery as the first and most important thing. So I'm going to go on and read from the book. This section's called The Power of Attitude. As Shakespeare suggested, there's nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Take that in for a second. There's nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Consciously or otherwise, our attitudes affect the way we perceive everything that happens in our lives. So that if the life we experience often has more to do with the way we interpret what happens than with the events themselves. Okay, I can totally call myself out and say this pertained to me in a major way. That my perception that if I felt like at a job that I had that I was being undermined, that I wasn't being respected, every single thing that happened I could see from the perspective of having disrespect and being undermined. And when I started doing this work and changing that attitude, I could see that I was looking through a perception that was coloring everything that was happening in my life. If I think that my husband is going to be upset, even when he's not upset, I'm coloring everything that he says as if there's some hidden agenda behind there. So we can interpret things the way that we choose. So this is a really powerful concept, I think. It goes on to say, nobody wants to get sick. Illness can be uncomfortable, sometimes excruciatingly so. But if we wind up in bed with a bad cold or with something more serious... I would say now we have COVID to put into that line. We nonetheless have a choice about how we view the experience. We can once again perceive ourselves as victims, dwell on all the things we're unable to do, or feel terribly sorry for ourselves, or we can treat the situation as a blessing in disguise. 
being unexpectedly incapacitated may actually leave us feeling unexpectedly relieved, temporarily free from everyday pressures. We can take advantage of the opportunity to rest, to take stock, to catch up on some of the quieter activities we have may have neglected, or simply to be good to ourselves. Realizing that we often take for granted both our health and the precious time we've been given in this life, we may develop a fresh appreciation for both, making each day that much more fulfilling. This reminds me of my COVID story at Christmas time that I first, when I tested positive for COVID, was so disappointed and so sad and frustrated that I was going to miss the time with my children while they were out visiting. I was afraid that I would get everybody sick. I was irritated that it was ruining what I had set up for what I expected and wanted Christmas to be. And as I laid in bed and just turned the attention to my feelings, what I recognized is I felt sad. I felt grief that I wasn't going to get to do the things with my kids that I had so looked forward to. But I did the practice, the soul recovery practice of saying, how can I see this differently? How can I see the blessing in this? How can I take care of myself? And when I did that, I remembered that it was going to be okay, that my kids are adults, that my husband is an adult, that they could feed themselves, take care of themselves, have a good time. And they ended up having their own experience that was lovely and wonderful. I didn't have to get involved with it. And that for me, I just allowed myself to rest. And I said, what if this wasn't Christmas? What if this was any other day? What if this was a different week that could I allow myself to just be in the moment and to just allow that sort of comfort of being in a soft bed, being in a place where I was safe, appreciating how lucky I was that I could isolate someplace that felt so serenity, so comforting. And I just slept and I read and I watched TV and I rested. And that felt very different. And then I just saw it as a blessing that I wasn't more sick, as sick as other people had been, that I had gratitude for it moving through me quickly. That was my attitude. That was my way of seeing it differently. It goes on to say, in other words, as the cliche goes, we can perceive the glass as half empty or half full. Our choice will determine the world we experience and will color the way we feel about ourselves and others. This is especially true for those of us who know firsthand the effects of others' alcoholism, again, addiction, narcissism, dysfunction. Many of us tend to have a habit of negative thinking that causes us to only see the grim side of our situations. When looking towards the future, we imagine the worst. Becoming so busy with worry, becoming so busy with worry. How many of us are so busy with worry? What are we doing in our lives? We're busy worrying about somebody else. 
What are we thinking? We're busy worrying. We're worrying, 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 putting so much energy onto the things we're afraid of, the things that we think might happen. Busy with worry. I'll restart from that line. When looking towards the future, we imagine the worst becoming so busy with worry or trying to protect ourselves that we neglect to enjoy ourselves along the way. I also want to touch on the protecting ourselves. Many of you had to learn to protect yourself. Many of you, it was essential that you learn to protect yourself when you were younger based on the life that you had as a child. And it's unfortunate that that is how you had to learn how to be. So is that still serving you now? This protection, is it still necessary? And if it is necessary, can we look at your life and what you want from your life to allow you to be in a life and a situation where you don't need to have the protection? The busyness, worrying, and the protecting ourselves, we lose ourselves. We can't see ourselves in our life. We aren't enjoying ourselves along the way. I think now that I'm in recovery and I've had such an incredible transformation in my life, I look back and I think I didn't even think I deserved to be happy. And happiness is our right. Happiness is what we are here for. Somewhere along the line, we were told that it was struggle, but it doesn't have to be struggle. It can be joy and tenderness and ease and happiness. That's why we're on this spiritual path. That's why we're doing soul recovery, to have a happy and healthy life. It goes on to read, rather than turning to others, we brace ourselves for disappointment and withdraw from the joyful opportunities of our life. Rather than turning to others, so many of us, we didn't have the safety. You didn't have the safety to be able to ask for help, to ask for support. And so we're always bracing for the disappointment, withdrawing, afraid. That's not serving us any longer. That's not serving you any longer. It's time to move on. It goes on to say, when our expectations are not met or when our plans are disrupted, we feel sorry for ourselves and angry with those that we think are responsible. We use them to justify our own unfinished work. We use them to justify broken promises or neglected responsibilities. This is a big one too, because when we put that responsibility on somebody else and then we start to fall short, we actually don't see our own part because all we can see, all we want to see, all we've been trained to see, all that we see is other people's disappointments, other people, how they affected us and why we can justify the places where we aren't finishing our work. We are breaking our promises. We're neglecting our responsibilities. But when we become a fuller, healthier, happier person, we can let somebody else have their own consequences in their life and we can become more responsible for ourselves which means that we finish our work, we don't break our promises, and we don't neglect our responsibilities. We become whole. 
we take responsibility for ourselves. It goes on to say, changing such self-defeating attitudes is essential to recovery, but we have to be honest with ourselves. There's no value in pretending to have a sunny outlook when we really perceive a situation to be painful or frightening or when we feel the world is a gloomy place. We are seeking genuine change, not denial. And the first step in changing our negative attitudes is becoming aware of them. And the process rarely happens overnight. This is so important because I know for me, denial was a major way how I coped. That underneath, and I was an alcoholic as well, so I was not only using drinking, but I was using a denial to not see it. The way that the family dynamics were creating, oh, I just had this vision of, I didn't do dinner. I couldn't stand the four of us sitting at dinner together because it ended up being not a place where people got to share their day or how they felt or what their wins or what their hurts were. It was a place where we just fought. It was painful for me to watch Rich constantly correct the children, especially my oldest son, on what he was doing wrong. And so I used denial. And I used denial by not having dinner anymore and creating a situation where it felt safer for me to not have dinner at the table. So either I created a situation where I was busy and didn't have dinner available to anybody at all. So I was using in the above paragraph where it says neglected responsibilities. I wasn't even feeding my family because I couldn't handle it. Or I would make dinner, turn on the TV, and set up a situation where there wasn't the kind of communication that was painful for me, but there also wasn't the kind of family connection that could have come out of sitting around the table. And in my mind, what I remember thinking was that sunny outlook where, oh, we're just going to sit around and we'll watch a movie instead, spiritually bypassing, not dealing with, not allowing the feelings that came from that fear and the hurt that I had of not wanting us to sit, just the four of us, ever. That was too scary for me. It goes on to say, even after we recognize a self-defeating attitude, maybe this one for me was this attitude that we couldn't all be together, alone, quietly, without some other distraction for fear of, of an argument breaking out. We may be dismayed to find it popping up unexpectedly again and again. I find myself still, even to this day, having that as an undercurrent when we get together, even though it's not what is our reality anymore. But it was so strong in me that it took a long time. It's still taking a long time to really, really let go. So it says, the attitude seems to stand out. We wonder how we could have ever missed it and whether others had become aware of how destructive it is. But before we can take an effective action, before we can actually change the negative outlook to a positive one or change self-pity into gratitude, 
we have to accept ourselves precisely the way we are. We have to accept ourselves precisely the way that we are. I can accept and love myself knowing that those choices that I made then, those were the choices I needed to make to keep myself safe. And it wasn't the right healthy choice. But I accept myself for that. I accept myself for the fear that sometimes it still comes up, that I'm still afraid that there's going to be a huge fight, a big blowout. I don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be perfect, as a matter of fact. And accepting myself as who I am is the foundation of loving myself. And until we love ourselves deeply, it's hard to really have that love and connection with somebody else. So it goes on to say, we need to admit that the disturbing habit or attitude is part of us. We need to acknowledge our feelings and perceptions as they are. And we also need to cultivate the willingness to change. You are here cultivating the willingness to change. You are here doing soul recovery. You are here waking up, having an awareness, looking deeply at yourself, accepting yourself for all that you are. It's all okay. Being afraid, that's okay. Look at it. Be willing to see it so that you can do an action to start to change, to cultivate change. Because we cannot do this alone, we ask our higher power for help. This is where the healing happens. When we can stop thinking that we personally, we alone as this human, have to take care of everything, have to feel everything, have to be responsible for everything in our lives and mostly for ourselves, can we trust, can we begin to allow ourselves to be held and supported by that higher power, knowing that actually everything's working out for its highest good, that those things that feel like a closed door, those things that feel like a hard wall, can we see them as giving us what we need to move forward? That sometimes we have to hit something really hard to be willing to make a different direction, to stop what's happening and make a change, to hit a bottom. Can we allow ourselves to be held in the arms and support of higher power and allow the flow of life and let go of control? It says, as we become willing, turn the page, we search for positive aspects in every situation and find gifts hidden in even the most trying times. That's so interesting because when I was going through some of those darkest times, I would have never thought that they were gifts. But when I look back on my life and the things that I learned and some of even the stuff that happened with the kids and the things that they had to go through, that has created who they are today. That has given them the chance and the opportunity to grow and to change and to learn and to experience and become wholehearted human beings. To manage their own lives, to deal with their own addictions, to deal with their own emotions, to heal from being raised in an alcoholic home. And so if we can go into something and say, we're in the curriculum of life and I'm going to look at this for what it really is instead of what I'm afraid it is. 
and I'm going to look and see the gifts instead of only the curses, that change in attitude can change everything. So it says gradually, and at first, imperceptibility, impercept, oh my goodness, I'm a terrible reader, gradually, our outlook shifts until the world actually appears brighter and more inviting. In time, situations that would given us rise to any number of negative attitudes pass almost unnoticed. We may even find something in those situations for which we can be grateful. Yeah, as we do this work and your attitudes change and your healing happens and your soul recovery is happening, you find that the things that used to really trigger you or really put you in a place of fear or sadness, you have more strength to handle them. You don't react. You pause and you respond. You allow the natural course of events to happen. You keep that attention on yourself. What a great reminder to have our attitude be of our own decision. You get to choose your attitude, so pick a good one. I think we'll stop for today and pick up on gratitude next time. Thank you for spending this time with me. I am very curious. You are the inner community of soul recovery, and I would love to have you go to the private Facebook group and share your experience. Let us know how things are going for you. If that feels too much of an exposure, email me personally. I want to hear from you. Recoveryoursoulnet at gmail.com and reach out. And I want to hear how your soul recovery is going. What are the tools that you're using? How can we help you recover your soul? I want to make sure that especially this bonus content that you have decided to support, invest in soul recovery is exactly what you need. And I am so excited that we're on this journey together. So I will see you next time. Namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect. And there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. 
If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.